Greetings, greetings, greetings. You are now tuned in to No Pork and All Pearls, a podcast for manifestation in order for you to live your life by design and not by default. I want to first get this moment to acknowledge and to give thanks to the originators, the ancestors, for giving me this platform and giving me this opportunity to share this light and for giving me the light in which I can share it. And I just thank them because if it was not for them, there would be no me. So I just take this moment to just give thanks and just really, really, truly from the bottom of my heart, just really show gratitude and appreciation for the path that they've paid that I can come through and I can navigate smoothly and efficiently and that I can basically pick up the mantle and carry it further. It's very, very interesting because soon and very soon we'll be approaching a new decade. And with the new decade comes a whole new opportunity of advancement and evolution. And this is a beautiful thing. I can remember when I was coming up, many would say that the world would not go beyond the year 2000. Yeah, I can remember that. And here it is about to be 2020. And we're still going strong and ever and we're going stronger than ever before. So I just really, really want to just show my appreciation for all those that do this work, the light workers. Man, I can never thank you enough for bringing the light and for your sacrifices that you make on a constant basis and allowing yourselves to evolve and doing the work on yourselves because as you evolve then you have something that you can share with the people and as you evolve and as you develop you become that much more of an asset to humanity and I just thank you for the work that you do it's so beautiful light is so so phenomenal I'm just so grateful for the light and on this podcast we deal with self-mastery you know working on yourself because that's the true work that's the real work the work is you you are here so that you can learn the lessons that you need to learn and that you can evolve and we all came here on a contract. We came on the contract to learn a lesson and then teach a lesson. And so many of you teach me so many lessons and I'm so grateful for the all because we are all a part of the conscious community. We all are whether you deem yourself to be conscious or not because we are here on a learning platform or a learning plane so that we can all enhance each other. Every last individual that's under the sound of my voice is important. Y'all all play a part in the grand scheme of the big picture. 
if there was no need for you, then there would be no you. But the fact that you are lets me know that you are vital to my evolution. So I thank you. I truly do. Well, that's enough for the gratitude. I could never stop giving gratitude because I truly am grateful. But I want to talk about tonight's episode. Tonight's episode, we're going to deal with the topic of virginity. Yeah, virginity. Now, it's very interesting how I came up with the idea for this topic. And I feel like it's a very, very needed topic to discuss. I was listening to an interview. I want to say it was about maybe a month ago now. And it was involving this brother and these sisters. But the brother, his name is Clifford Harris. But many of you may know him by the artistry name of T.I. And basically, what he was discussing was he was discussing how he would go to his doc, his daughter's gynecologist visits with her on her birthday. Like he would schedule and a, a checkup with the gynecologist every month. I think from her 16th birthday, um, probably up until her 18th birthday or something, 18th or 19th birthday. I'm not sure the exact details of how, how long it went on, but he was saying how he would schedule a gynecologist visit with his daughter so that the gynecologist can check her hymen to see if the hymen had been torn or whatever. And basically, he was doing this to see if she had been sexually active. And this interview, it created an uproar. Many was for it, many was against it. I'm not stating my opinion on if I was for or against it, but it birthed this conversation for tonight. Because after that interview, later I heard another interview with this gentleman by the name of Irv Gotti, and he was talking about his daughter and how she was dating, and that he pulled a gun on her boyfriend. He said only in a joking way. He was just joking, but I'm sure when he pulled the gun, the young man didn't think that he was joking when he pulled the gun. But he pulled the gun, basically, you know, letting this guy know that if he tried anything with his daughter, there would be consequences and repercussions. But in these two separate interviews, these men were basically talking about how they were taking measures to protect their daughter's virginity because they did not want their daughters to lose their virginity. And I don't want to ask the question on this evening, do we truly understand what it means to be a virgin and what that really is about? And what is the origin of the whole concept of virginity? Like, what makes virginity so sacred? What makes virginity so important that you have men taking all type of measures to prevent it? And they don't want their daughters to ever lose it. And you also have... Women, um, sometimes they're made to feel ashamed that they are virgins because uh, some people, they um, look at it as a, a means of them being inexperienced. You know, I can remember seeing um, some women being shunned about their virginity when I was coming up. They were like, oh, she's a virgin, like, you know, 
um, that woman right there, she's a virgin. Like, you know, she don't know, she don't know nothing or like, you know, she don't really have any type of skills or however you want to put it. You know, I've seen women be sun for that. And, you know, even young men, you know, I remember coming up when I was a virgin and I'm not going to state no ages or nothing like that. But um, I remember it wasn't really a cool thing to be considered as a virgin. And it was to the point where you had men that would lie on a virginity, you know, saying that, oh, I'm not a virgin when, you know, a lot of them were virgins. But looking back at the whole situation, I realized that <laughs> most people don't even understand what it means to be a virgin. We don't even understand what that concept means and what it's all about. But on this podcast on No Pork and All Pearls, we're going to dive into the topic of virginity because we're going to understand what that's all about. And we're going to really get an understanding about the significance of virginity. So stay tuned. And I will be back with tonight's hot, steamy episode on virginity. So no pork and all pearls will return. And we're back to no pork and all pearls. And tonight... We're talking about virginity. And this is a topic that I have really never heard anyone discuss in the manner of which I'm going to discuss it on tonight. But it's necessary. This is a very necessary topic because I feel as if the people perish due to a lack of knowledge. And when we think we know something, we don't take time to learn about it because most people have been programmed to just react or just kind of like perpetuate things that have already been at play and just you know, continue on with the cycles. But tonight we're going to break some cycles. And every time the term virgin is always talked about, it's always some type of a sexual connotation that's being implied. We're talking about virginity and a virgin. And I can always remember growing up, watching vampire movies yeah i really used to dig you know vampire movies i was really into it heavy growing up and you know of course i used to like dracula and everything but i always noticed that in the dracula movies dracula would always be going after the young lady that was the virgin or the one who had never had sex before. You know, all the other girls or whatever, like in the movies, you know, they be getting it in and, you know, he'll go and he'll bite them and turn them into a ghoul or whatever, but he don't really be too much worried about them. It's the one particular one that's the virgin that he be after the whole movie. And then finally when he do get her, you know, he wants to, um, get her under the full moon and he want to like strap her down and like, you know, he got to have her, you know? And it was kind of like strange. I'm like, what is it about the virgin that drives him, you know, so deeply that he just would just be relentless chasing after this so-called virgin. But then Besides the vampire movies, the thing that really kind of had me real confused about this whole topic about being a virgin and virginity was the concept that we get from religion. That was my first initial 
Um, I guess definition of a virgin was with the so-called Virgin Mary and Jesus and the Immaculate Conception and how you had this woman who had never been touched by a man and she wound up pregnant. <laughs> and she was impregnated by the Holy Spirit. You know, the Holy Spirit came upon her and impregnated her and she gave birth to the savior of the world, which was Christ. And she had never ever been with a man. But she, and, and because of this fact that she had never been with a man, she was considered to be a virgin. But it was weird to me because every time in my experience that I saw women become pregnant, it was always a man involved. It was always a man involved, you know. And for that situation to occur in the Bible, it was just really strange. I was like, well, what? And I mean, God chose a virgin, a woman who had never had sex before to give birth to Christ. But every other woman in the whole world, they got to have sex to give birth. So I was kind of confused, but you know, it's not even just in Christianity that has that concept. It's other is other examples and other cultures of virgin born gods as well. For instance, Krishna. Krishna was born of the virgin Devaki. And then you had the situation with Dionysius. Dionysius was born of the virgin Semiel. Then you had a situation where a Teutonic goddess, Hertha, she was impregnated by the heavenly spirit and she bore a son. Scandinavian, Frigga, was impregnated by Odin and bore Balder, who was the healer and savior of mankind. Then you had Baal, who was born of Astaroth. This was done. Of course, many of us know about the story with Horus. Horus was so-called born of a virgin birthed as well. Many people say that that's where the whole concept of the Jesus Christ story came from. The story with Horus. So you got so many different examples of these mothers that gave birth to sons without the assistance of a father. But if you got all these examples throughout history and all these different cultures, but you've never witnessed something like that in your own experience, then at some point the question must be asked, could this possibly be true? And of course many of us gonna say, no, nah, it's not true. You know, it's not true. But with investigation, with investigation, I took time to like really dig into understanding the concept of what a virgin is, because maybe our concept of what a virgin is is not accurate, because there's a rule of thumb that I go by, and the rule of thumb is, if it's new, it's not true, and if it's true, it's not new. So by me going by that concept, and if these are ancient teachings, 
that has stood the test of time. I mean, like, here we are, like I said, we're getting ready to go into a new decade, 2020, and you still got people that's holding on to this whole concept of Jesus being born of a Virgin Mary, like, to this day, like, you know, it's easy to just say people are just really incompetent and they just don't know any better. But now nah, I don't I don't feel like that's the case. I feel like the case is the same thing like a lot of things. It's been a misunderstanding and a mistranslation somewhere going on. So what I want to do is let's take time first and foremost to get an understanding of what a virgin is. So <laughs> If I go to my dictionary, you know, like I like to always do. The first thing that I do is I look up the word virgin in the dictionary. And when you look up a word, anytime you're doing research, the first thing you always want to do is you want to go to the etymology bracket of that word. And you want to find the origin of the word you're looking at, meaning you want to find the original word and where was it derived from? Like, where did this word come from? And in this case, when we're dealing with the word virgin, virgin comes from the Latin word Virgo. <laughs> Virgo. And that means a young woman in Latin. Now, here is where the plot thickens. If any of you on this podcast know anything about astrology, you know that in astrology, one of the signs is Virgo. And the sign for Virgo is represented by a young woman. So the term Virgo, which translates to the word virgin, is the same thing. It's one and the same. So let's look at this right now. Virgin is simply Virgo. Okay? So because, okay, now remember I said if it's new, it's not true. But if it's true, it's not new. So the term Virgo is much older than the term virgin. So we want to focus on the term Virgo. So looking at the term Virgo, I had to go back to my astrology books. And I had to do research dealing with astrology. Because if you know anything about Latin or whatever, Latin was a language that was actually used by the Moors. And it was actually called Moorish Latin. That's something that you may want to research for yourself, Moorish Latin. And the reason why Moorish Latin was used is because this was a language that was used all around the whole world because the Moors were navigators and they were the leaders in world commerce. And they went all around the world and they would like conduct commerce and they would use Latin. And, and using the language of Latin, this is how they were able to communicate to all the different nations all over the globe and the moors were also astrologers they used astrology latin was not the oldest language you know you had arabic you know some hebrew aramaic you you had all these older languages that were before Latin. However, Latin encapsulated all of those older languages, like the older languages were later translated into Latin so that the whole world 
could be able to understand one another. Now, with me having that understanding and me knowing that, I know that Virgo was not the oldest word. So there were words that were before Virgo, but when we dealing with the term Virgo, that origin was Latin. So to understand more about Virgo, then you have to get what is the definition of Virgo? So the oldest thing that I found was from 1679. And this was from an astrologer who went by the name of John Partridge. And John Partridge had a book called An Astrological Vade Mecum. An Astrological Vade Mecum, spelled M-E-C-U-M. Now, in this book, he stated that a Virgo is a well-composed, a discreet, excellent, well-spoken person, very studious, and given to all matters of learning. So, basically, the description of the Virgo was someone who was a studious person. They gave themselves to all matters of learning. They were excellent in speech. I mean, they were well-spoken and they were discreet and they were well-composed. Now, the fact that they were well-spoken is due to the fact that the planet Mercury is the ruler over Virgo. And Mercury is the planet in charge of communication. So when you're dealing with a Virgo being a person that's well-spoken, that's very studious, and they're given to all matters of learning, they're an excellent communicator, and we know that Virgos are very, very detail-oriented. So wouldn't it make sense that an individual such as this would be an individual that can give birth to someone who would be considered as a savior or someone, a child who would have these same qualities imparted into them. Because as the mother is, so shall the seed be. And the first institution of learning is the womb. So if a woman had all these qualities and she gave birth to a son, she imparts all these qualities into her son. And in these days, in those days and times, the mothers were the first teachers. So I'm sure she was very, very strict and she was very, very um, passionate about the things in which she taught her son because she was well composed, she being the mother, and she being very well spoken and studious. I'm sure she expected the same thing from her son that she was teaching. And if she gave all matters to learning, meaning she went and she learned as much as she could and everything that she could learn, wouldn't she pass that on to her child, her son? Something to think about. And also, when we're dealing with the term Virgo, Virgo is not a term that's only used just for women. Of course, 
the zodiac sign is a woman, but Virgos could be male and female. So because Virgos could be male and females, it didn't necessarily mean that the virgin had to be a female. The virgin could have been a male as well, meeting those qualifications. And those qualifications were the qualifications that were denoted for the Virgo. So when we come back, we're going to dive into this a little bit deeper because I know right now I got a lot of people perplexed and puzzled like, what? A virgin is the Virgo? You mean to tell me that virgins are Virgos? That, that's what we're talking about here? That's exactly what I'm saying. But stay tuned to No Pork and All Pearls, and we will continue with tonight's lecture, Virginity. And we're back to No Pork and All Pearls. And we're talking about virginity. In the last segment, I basically was talking about the origin of the word virgin and how it came from the Latin word Virgo, which as we most know, that is one of the zodiac signs. Now, I want to read some excerpts from this astrology book. And remember in the last, in the last segment, I was talking about how this guy by the name of John Partridge was the one who, in 1679, came with this book. And he was basically quoting about his definition of what a Virgo was. But he got his information from a book by the name of the Book of Fixed Stars, which was written by, as they say, an Arab astronomer by the name of Abdul al-Rahman al-Sufi. And this was out in 964, about or around that time. And that book was written in Arabic. So that's where that guy got his information from. So when I was saying before that the Latin language was derived from like a lot of the older languages, this is what I was referencing or whatever. But if you study your history, you know anything about history, you really want to take time to like really get an understanding of who the Moors were. And that'll help you a lot because this is where a lot of this ancient knowledge came from. It came through them. And they were the ones who were the distributors of, of this knowledge all around the globe. But uh, I wanted to read an excerpt from this book talking about Virgos. And it says that, let us study the temperament of this type meaning Virgos, it says a temperament which appears to have been as little understood as the appearance. It says the sun in Virgo describes an individual with an ingenious mind, both artistic and scientific. Disposition is cheerful and agreeable. All astrologers agree that Virgo has a good mind. It says that, let me see, the men of admirable sharp fancies are extremely studious and capable of learning. They are wily, wise, divining well or giving good advice, acting all things with agility, and many are poets, geometricians, mathematicians, 
astrologers, they're eloquent, learning any type of art, and are of good carriage or deportment. It says, the good mind and ingenious is admitted, though it is less commonly agreed among astrologers that the disposition is cheerful and agreeable. The reason being is that Virgos have a reputation for being critical and indeed the faults of the signs are usually described in terms of an excess for negative criticism. So basically, they're saying that Virgos are really, really critical. Like, you know, it says here, they may be chronic fault finders, con considered as contentious or prejudiced, meaning they may have like some strong stances on certain situations and narrow in their views with the result that they can become unpopular with those who misunderstand their natures. So when you really break this down, when you're talking about the characteristics of the Virgo, you can like really understand how a Virgo could give birth to someone who could go on to become a savior for a people. And that's basically due to them, the individual, the Virgo, being aware of the situation that's at hand and what's going on and being able to go into that environment and kind of basically pinpoint what's the problem with society, what's going on with the area that we're in or they're in and basically identify what the need is and by them being able to identify what the need is, they take that and they manifest the solution. And they manifest the solution in the form of their children. So when you're dealing with these religions and it says that the woman was a virgin with child, it's not necessarily saying that she had never had sex before or that she had never been involved in, in any type of sexual activity. It's basically saying that this individual had these characteristics that the Virgo possessed or that this individual was indeed, in fact, of the zodiac sign of Virgo. Either or. Like, either they had the characteristics or they were actually just that. They were Virgos. And because they had those natures, that nature produced the child the child that will go on to become king or that will go on to become the savior for the community, for the nation, for the generation, or for whom, whomever, the sect, whomever was in need of that savior, that's who the Virgo would manifest, the child for and it was due to that nature of the Virgo. So I'm saying all this to say that although when we talk about what the connotations for being a virgin is in these days, the things that people say a virgin is, is someone who had never had sex before. That's a connotative definition. In fact, let me go back to... Um, my Webster's Dictionary, and I'll read to you some of the different connotative definitions of Virgo. I'm sorry, Virgin. 
which is a derivative derivative of Virgo. But some of the connotative definitions of virgin is an unmarried woman devoted to religion, the Virgin Mary, uh, an absolutely chaste young woman, an unmarried girl or woman, a person who has had who has not had sexual intercourse, a female animal that has never copulated, free or of impurity or stain, chaste, relating to, characteristic of, or befitting of a virgin, modest, fresh, unspoiled, unaltered by human activity, being used or worked for the first time. Native of a vegetable oil obtained from the first light pressing and without heating. That's like, you know, virgin olive oil. Um, produced directly from one or by primary smelting. That's used by of melt metal. So you have so many different connotative meanings of what virgin is. But to understand the true nature of the term vir virgin, you must go back to the origin, which is the word Virgo. And if you take it in the proper context, the denotative meaning, which is Virgo, and you start applying that to the conversation, you can understand how a young child could come up to become a savior. Because basically, you're taking an individual, the child that is, who has been groomed from the time it was in the womb to be pure of thought. Meaning everything that the Virgo mom has been imparting to that child has been of a pure nature, pure thought processes, pure teachings, meaning giving the, the right and exact teachings and the right and exact truth to this child. Not giving connotative meaning to the child, but giving the right and exact truth to this child from the time the child was in the womb. And because the mother was well studied herself and because the mother was dedicated to learning she made sure that the child was well studied and that the child was dedicated to learning so this is something to really consider when we're talking about virginity because we have individuals who want to protect the virginity of their daughters and we don't want them to lose their virginity meaning them giving their body away to a man or them getting their hymen torn or whatever it is that we don't want our children to give up their um, innocence we're thinking that that's what the concept of virginity is all about. When in fact, them being the woman losing her virginity is the woman losing her ability to be well-spoken. So when you muzzle a woman and you take away her voice, that's taking away her virginity or being a Virgo of nature, when you take away a woman's ability to be studious and to study, you're taking away her virginity. And when you suppress the woman's ability to give all her matters to learning, meaning allowing her to go out and explore and to learn, learn her lessons for herself. When you take these abilities away from the woman, 
you're basically taking away her virginity or her Virgo nature, her ability to have the nature of the Virgo. That's what you're doing. You're taking away her virginity. When you suppress the woman, keeping her from studying, keeping her from speaking or being well-spoken and keeping her away from being able to be free to go out and learn, you're basically taking her virginity according to what the actual definition of virgin is all about. Because women, you are very important to the nation. You have nations within you. Within your body, you have entire nations in the form of your eggs. And the state and mind and condition of the woman becomes the state and mind and condition of the offspring of that woman. So when your mind is contaminated and when your mind is made to be impure and when you have been suppressed, you pass this along to your seed or to your eggs, shall we say, because you do have eggs. The men, we have the seed. So whatever state of mind and condition that the woman had, this is what she passes on to that infant. And to have a man and a woman who can come together, who both have pure minds and who both have pure hearts and who both have the right teachings and right knowledge. When you bring those two together, this is what you call an immaculate conception because you have two pure minded and pure heart nature individuals coming together to create a pure and a clean offspring. This is the whole concept of the immaculate conception. And that's what that's, that's, what that's about. It's not the fact it's not the fact that the woman had never been sexually involved with the man to conceive a child. That's impossible. That's something that's impossible unless you want to use the surgeries that, that they have now, the capabilities where you can go in and you can implant a fertilized egg into the womb of a woman and allow her to be the carrier of that egg and she can give birth to it. Unless we're talking about some situations like that, sexual intercourse is required for a man and a woman to conceive a seed. And this is just ancient science. This is just the truth. This is just what it is. And when we start looking at a woman's virginity and we start looking at our daughters, and I have a daughter, and we start looking at our daughters and we want to try to control their destiny by controlling who they have sex with or when they have sex or we put the focus and the emphasis on suppressing them sexually because we want them to have sex when we think that they're ready. I can't agree to that. You know, I, I can't, I can't agree to that because now you are really taking the matters of another soul, of another reflection of God that's been placed on the earth to work out their salvation and that's put here in order to fulfill their mission in life. We start retorting their process because we try to dictate what they should be doing 
with their bodies that they have been given. And you got to ask yourself, is this really God's will for you to stop the will of another individual for expressing themselves in the manner in which they was put here to, ex to express themselves? You know, I know that's probably a hard pill to swallow for a lot of people. But if you are operating out of fear, and what I mean, and what I mean when I say operating out of fear, you're putting your children on birth control because you're afraid that they may get pregnant. Or you going to the doctors to visit to make sure that they're not having sex because you're afraid that someone is going to violate your daughter sexually. You're operating out of fear. I'm not saying you shouldn't take precautionary measures to protect your children. Your children are your creations. Men and women, when you bring a life form upon this physical plane, you partnered with another individual and y'all came together and y'all created another living soul. So you are the creators of that soul. So as being a creator, you are responsible just as if when you are a gardener and you're planting seeds and your seeds need a good environment so that it can grow. Your seed needs to be in a safe environment that it can be protected in order for it to grow. And your seed needs the right soil, the right nutrients within that soil to help it to grow. It needs the right amount of water to be sprinkled so that it can grow. So there are things that you should be doing for your children to make sure that they are growing properly. You must do the things necessary for your children. However, there is boundaries that must be established between you and your child because at a certain point, your child will become of age and your child will have to become the navigator of their own shit. And you cannot navigate their lives for them. At some point, you have to relinquish control to allow them to navigate their lives for themselves, but you are supposed to equip them and you are supposed to give them the tools that's necessary and teach them how to use those tools, teach them how to do the work, the same work that we're doing on ourselves, the same way that we are evolving, the same ways that we are learning how to master ourselves. This is what we should be passing down to the children, male and female, not just our daughters, but our sons as well. Because as I'm telling you, virgin is a translation of Virgo. And Virgos can be male and female. So our young men are just as important as our young women. Because they, the young men need to know the tools as well to navigate their lives and they have to exercise a level of responsibility for their actions because everything that they do it will affect their journey and we must teach them this even at a young age this is why these stories throughout history of these women who gave birth to these saviors were so significant because and many of us today can do the same thing we've been dumped in a contaminated society but many of us have learned how to clean ourselves and we are continually continuing to clean ourselves through our processes that we work on a day-to-day -day basis as we are learning how to heal ourselves as we are learning how to go within and manifest things for ourselves as we are learning how to basically 
live our life by design and not by default. Like design the life that we want to live. As we learn to do these things, then we teach these lessons to our children. And as we teach these lessons to our children, the children grow up to become saviors. You know why they grow up to become saviors? Because their mind is not contaminated like our minds were. Their hearts are not contaminated like our hearts were because of the ignorance of the ones that were before us. For the information and the knowledge that they did not have, we are fortunate enough to have this information and knowledge. So because we have this information and knowledge, we are to refine it, get the pure truth from it, and we pass that on to our progeny so that they can have a more successful future than us, so that they can have a better world in which than which we came in. Because even though things may seem like it's so chaotic and things may seem like times are so dark, we have the ability to convert that darkness into light by being light. And as we become light, we can have our children come up in an environment that's already light. So because the environment is already light, they have not even had to experience the darkness. So they can take it so much further than in which we did. This is why in the Bible you had Jesus saying to his disciples, these things that I do, you will do. And you will do them in greater ways than I did. Why will they do it in greater ways than he did? Because they have a clean canvas in which they can work on. They have a illuminated canvas in which they can work on. Like with all the technology and all the capabilities we have right now, most of us when we were growing up, we didn't have these, as we call them, advantages. Because they can be an advantage if they're used properly, but they can also be a grave detriment if they're not used properly. And what's going on is many of our youth are being misguided or they're being told things that are not accurate. And it's causing them to go off in directions that's detrimental to their survival. And that's why a lot of them are perishing at an early age because they are not given the proper information, the proper guidance, the proper knowledge. It's not that they are bad seed. They're not bad seed. They're pure seeds of light, just like we are pure seeds of light. But we've been contaminated, and a lot of us, we're pouring contamination on our children versus cleaning ourselves, purifying ourselves, and pouring pure light upon our children. So we got to give them the light. We got to give them the light. We got to give them the pure, unadulterated, unmolested truth. And however we need to do it, whatever we need to do to do this, these are the things that we must be doing and not in a detrimental way of their development. We got to stop doing things that are harming our children. We can't do things that we witnessed ourselves firsthand that we knew was harmful to us. But we feel as if, well, it worked for me, it was good for me, you know, it's going to work for them. For instance, like beating, beating your children. Beating your children is not something that you should be doing. It's nothing right about that. It's, there's nothing right about showing anger and aggression because you're dissatisfied with something that they've done. So you take that out on them physically in a physical way and you beat them. Meaning that that's giving them the rod of correction. That's not the rod of correction. It is not. And you can agree or disagree with that. But that goes against nature. 
that goes against nature. You you don't beat your children. You give them right knowledge. You give them right guidance. You allow them the room in which they need to grow and you be there to give them the correction in which they need when they fail. And, and failure is only failure when you give up or when you choose not to continue on. When you give up, that's how you fail. That's why it's called fail. Fall, like, you know, if someone fall down, they have failed. You fail because you choose to lay down. When you make a misstep, that's just an opportunity for you to correct yourself and learn the proper steps and the right steps. So we can do this. We can go into this new decade and we can basically create a better environment than what we see right now. Everyone is so worried about the things that are happening and how chaotic everything is. But it don't have to continue to be that way because we have power to make corrections. We have power to fix these things and we can and we will fix these things. And the ones who are not willing to do the work and the ones who are not willing to fix these things, they will no longer be here. They will no longer be here because the universe will discard those things that are not making contributions to the whole. And that's just how it is. Well, <laughs> I know many of you probably didn't think that the conversation would go the way that it did tonight when we're talking about virginity. But, hey, it is what it is because if it's new, it's not true. And if it's true, it's not new. And the whole concept of the virgin birth and what it means to be a virgin is derived from ancient work that our ancestors did. And they took time to use the sciences and learn these sciences and perfect these sciences. And it's for us to grab the mantle and push it forward and move it forward. Not stray away from the things that they've already came up with and realized that this is good because that's why they said, and this was good. Because they tested it. They went through the process. They fell. But then they got up and they refined it. And they came up with the conclusion of what is right knowledge and what is fallacy. And for us to pick up all these new age concepts and terms thinking that we're doing something and that we're advancing humanity when we see the fruit of a lot of the decisions we're making is death, is chaos, is lewdness, is slander, is harm, you know, harming the environment, harming each other, harming our communities, bombing other countries and going to war. I mean, come on. Is that really the fruit of something that's good? No, these things are fruit of something that's out of order. So in order to fix this, we just get back in order. Go back to the ancient ways of the things that the ancestors taught. Get the right understanding of these concepts and use this to move forward. So hope you learned something tonight and I hope you found the conversation to be interesting because this is something that we really truly need to understand the importance of virginity and to sum it all up virginity is extremely important and the virgins are the pure are the women who are allowed to have pure thoughts pure hearts to be able to give themselves to studying, to learn, learning themselves, mastering themselves, taking time to meditate, get in tune and become one with God. Because you are the key. The women, you are the key. Why are you the key? Because you have the stargate 
the stargate that brings life onto this physical plane. And the children comes through you. And whatever you passing on to these children, this is what they are placed on the physical plane with from the time of their birth. And if they can be birthed with an advantage of already coming into the earth with certain right knowledge, certain desires for learning, certain understanding of how to express themselves. If they can come through the womb already equipped with this, with a pure, clean slate, we can take this thing so far, and we will take it so far. But I love y'all, and I thank you for your support. And please continue to spread the word and to share this information with others who you think it can help. And until next time, we'll be back with a next, another episode of No Pork and All Pearls. So peace, love, and shalom.